Praise the Lord. Hey, Amen. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for this beautiful day that you've given us. And we do as humble as we know how that you would uh, speak to us your words of truth as you always do, but uh, to make us willing. And I know you're not going to actually make us willing, but I pray that some way, somehow, that the Holy Spirit could minister to our stubborn minds uh, to try to get the mercy and grace that you uh, are long-suffering and teaching us. Because we are a hard-headed and stiff-necked and rebellious people, and, and we need your help. And I know that the only way that a lot of times help come is, is through chastening. So I do welcome the chastening upon this body of Christ, Father. I pray that you scourge us to the point that we would receive you in truth. I bless your holy name for all things. Uh, open our understanding in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. My, a lot of people wouldn't ever even call that a prayer. They wouldn't. Probably one of the most soberest prayers you can get. Because, you know, God's people, they don't automatically. Y'all know we don't automatically submit to God? Now, the question is, why? What does anybody got going on in their life that they can't submit to God? See, because, you know, the, the, the sad part about it is, is that when everybody see him, whether they saved or unsaved, when they all come up for the judgment, you're going to see submission like you've never seen before in your life. But, 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 if you couldn't submit here, the submission ain't going to count there. Can you imagine, folks, uh, you know there's a lot of religious folks in hell? Can you, imagine, can you imagine this? Now, check this out. There are people that are burning in hell right now, but they get to come up out of it just for a little while to get just a little relief. They're going to they're gonna stand before the judge, only to be cast into the lake of fire. And I often try to tell us around here, do y'all know how many times people have done what we do right, right here? Every, every Bible study and every Sabbath? Throughout the angles of time? Y'all know, know how many people have done this? I mean, people, they, they have sit here just like you have. The prophet in the scripture says, he says, uh, they come before you as my people. Isn't that something? They set before you as my people. Only one problem, only one problem with them, though. Their heart. Now, you know what the heart is? The heart is basically summed up in the mind. So when you hear the heart is far from God. The mind is far from God. And we're warned over and over again because people mind earthly things. Let me ask you a question. How important is the kingdom? I mean, think about it. How important 
truly is the kingdom. Then why don't we act like and live like it is, if it's that important? Because it's, it's more real than, you know, I try all the time to tell people that this thing, believe it or not, do we, do we live in it right now? This is not even real. Mm-hmm. The only thing real, the only thing real is your soul. And you have a difficult time controlling that. I've seen people just flat out change their mind without getting one devil cast out, without knowing one scripture. Yeah, I have too. I've seen people just have a made-up mind and just totally change from what they were doing. Didn't have the Holy Spirit, didn't have no scripture, didn't have, I mean, no fellowship, none of the same. Didn't, I'm serious. I, there's people out there that make up their mind every single day. I'm not going to smoke another cigarette. Hmm? There's people out there that if they was honoring, angry, they, they, uh, I'm not going to be that way no more. Just like that. Change their mind. Not one deliverance. And I tell you, one of the worst part about deliverance is, is that we use it as, as an excuse to blame shift and put responsibility off on spirits when it's really us. Mm-hmm. See, nobody takes responsibility for their actions, but when we stand before the Most High, everybody's going to take responsibility for their actions. Actions, inactions, lack of actions, excessive amount of actions. All that's going to be judged. Every single thing. So I ask myself the question all the time. How is it so hard living on this earth, having his Holy Spirit, how difficult can it be to be holy? It can't be that difficult. It's not that difficult. It really ain't. See, here I go. Now, we got a few more, but see, you look around again. And I just got finished talking about, boy, look how people don't even show up. And I suppose, now, what if Brother Shane and I, here y'all waiting for Bible study, come 715, the preacher and the teacher ain't here. Then what do you do? Remember I talked about that on the broadcast this week when I did a live broadcast? Hmm? What about um, what about Sabbath come rolling around and all of a sudden I took it up on my own self to tell you I ain't coming. But I didn't tell you. I just didn't come. Think about that for a moment. How would that make you feel? Would you not want to sooner or later find out what's going on with Pastor Down? We something, ain't we? Ain't we something? Now watch this. Um, when you're in season to do good, you expect everybody to smile, don't you? Hug you, love you, don't, don't, don't you? Huh? Isn't that right? 
Come on. Isn't that right? Hmm? But then when you're not in season and doing good, you still expect everybody to behave the same way towards you. But you reneged on your side of the story. Hmm? I often said, you know, I, I told, you remember I told you about Tabitha. I told her, I said, you know, let me see, 20, 30 years from now, because we'll be getting close to our end if life plays out. And I said, you ain't going to have nothing to show for Christ. All you're going to have to show for Christ is your little sorry, pathetic life. And what did you do? Oh, I had a job. I lived and I did this. Wood, hay, and stubble. And chance I, you, you made me burnt up. Because the work's surely going to be burnt up. See, we don't think about stuff like that. And I, I know what the problem is because we don't really read the book. I can tell what you're doing away from this sanctuary in your actions when you do or don't do. Or I can tell in your behavior how much time you're spending with God because when you spend time with someone who you love, your attitude changes. Am I just, am I, am I talking crazy? I can understand if I'm lying, but you see, and I was telling her up there, I said, you know the reason why that church, rest of the church, none of them never stand? Because y'all have no substance. The only time y'all not afraid to talk to each other is when somebody's gossiping, slandering, and tailbearing. But for a preacher to actually get up and be instrumental and, and tell you what God says and stuff, y'all too busy worrying about keeping people who you ain't got anyway. How good has it done for them folks to write your name down on church roll? That don't keep nobody today. Marriage license don't keep people today. Having children don't keep people today. Hmm? Being born again don't keep you with your God today. That's, our, that's the time we're living in. This know also that in the last days, perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves. Proud. Boasters. Blasphemers. Disobedient to God. Unthankful, ungrateful, and unholy. Now, y'all, I just got to finish quoting the scripture. The very word of God who we say, God, we love you. He's the word of God made flesh. That's the word. That is the word that you say. Boy, every time I hear that, ah, oh, boy, I love that. that. It don't happen like that. Don't do it. I, I gave you the analogy once before. I said, if you take a rock, throw it off in a pack of dogs, the only one that's going to holler is the one that does what? The ones that want to hit. Hmm? Now we got these dogs nowadays kind of like these, this cow down there. He can't even move. Amen. They get hit, they just. Amen. <clears throat> Amen. That cow eyes about to pop out, pop out of his head because he can't even move. <laughs> About to have an asthma attack look like or something like that. It's just the truth. See, the problem is, see, faith come by hearing, hearing by the word of God. How can he hear without a preaching? 
And see, and the one thing that people ain't going to do, you'll preach, I preach, I preach, I preach, I preach. You understand what I mean? And everybody loves the praises, the admiration, the glory, the shouting, and the dancing, but nobody don't love the living. Yeah, you got to live it. Be instant in? In what? In season and so that means that's going to be in season. That's going to be out of season, but you're charged to be instant. Isn't that something? In order, no, 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 no excuses for sorriness. No, old brother Kier is brutally honest. He says, he says, I'm tell you true. He says, sometimes I just don't like coming and working out. But once I get the first first set in, I'm, I'm good to go. But if you call now, I'm, I'm coming. Because I tell them all the time, I, say, I don't like doing nothing. Has <laughs> my speech changed? I, I don't like doing it. They talk about something, I say, shoot. So I'd rather get up in bed, get out of bed in the morning, walk around, look around a little bit, maybe drink something, orange juice, coffee, or some water, something like that, and go right back to bed. Now, I know you think I'm kidding about that, but I am so, I am so serious. But once I get up and get going, I'm good to go then. But if it's left up to me, man, I'd sit down, do nothing. Y'all ever watch me? You watch me when I lounge. I lounge to perfection. I have no structure about my seating arrangements at all. It's so worthless. See? Like, amen corner. Now, I've just got finished being brutally honest to you about myself. I promise you, I'd rather not do nothing. But I also know that that is an abomination. Huh? So I have to fight against that. And you know what? There ain't a, probably a day that don't go by that I don't have to fight against it. You mean tell me you have to make yourself do every single day. I have to be instant. I can't do like some of you. Well, I, I, it's like I said about Bible study or, or Sabbath. Not hey. I take a notion. I'm going to sit at home and listen to trans. I ain't going to read a couple of scriptures. I ain't going to show up today. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Bless the name of Jesus. We have five fellowship with the Father and the Son. Amen. So I even got scripture back me up. Hmm? Justify my own wickedness. But that's how we do, though. That is how we do. And unless somebody stood up in front of us and told us the real truth about ourselves, because either we're going to hear it now or we're going to hear it when we get there. Because the Bible says that every man is going to stand before him. It's going to be all naked. And in other words, everything is going to be revealed. There's even going to be things that's going to be revealed about you that you never even knew. So I said, oh, wait a minute. That's why I said, have you read your word? Have you read your word? I mean, have you read it? Have you read it the way you want to read it? Or do you read it the way he is speaking? That's the reason why people don't have no substance today. That's the reason why they can fall into God one minute. Fall out the next. 
See, I don't have no, I don't have no choice. I have to love my wife. I don't have no choice in it. You mean tell me you don't, you, you don't love her? I didn't say I didn't love her. I said I do not have a choice. I, I thought I'm talking to folks who know, know what the book says now. Now, I can choose, but I will be in transgression first. Number one, uno, to the most high. And he ain't going to let me slide like humans let you slide. He don't grade on a curtain, judge on a curtain. Because he clearly said, clearly, husbands, love your wife. See, there's no choice in that. You can't be in one minute. Out the next minute. Oh, boy. Whew. Isn't that something? Isn't that something? You, you, I'm sorry, folk. But this is the way God is going. He says he's going to judge us by the word. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every. Every. I wonder how much word is that? Every word. That proceeded forth out of the mouth of God. Every single word. You know. I sit and watch the repercussions of last Sabbath's good anointing preaching. And I watch to see how many, so many hearts. You know what? You know, y'all, I'm going to give y'all some advice. If you ever get angry at the word, see, nobody get angry at the word. They do it to get angry at the preacher. Now, ask my wife how much sleep I lost because you was angry. I mean, really, ask her. You'll see how much I really care, too. I'm the, of the type of person that if you have the audacity to sit and spurn God's word, you can forget about my attention. Well, see, nobody would ever do that to, God, to, to a man, but they'll do it to God. Because they can't see him, they don't think they're doing it to him. See, most people wouldn't even call this Bible study. They said we're supposed to be studying the Bible. That's exactly what we're doing. We're studying basic instructions before leaving earth. That's what the Bible is. Basic instructions before leaving earth. I don't like the way you put it. Tell me what do you like. Because no matter what state you find yourself in, isn't that something? The Bible is consistent, isn't it? Be, be what? There may be a time, man, I don't feel like. I really don't feel like. See, if you can't keep little small obligations, I, I personally, I can't trust you to do nothing. And I won't. I can't give you greater. God won't do that. If he can't trust you with the small things, he can't throw a great amount of responsibility on you and expect you to be faithful. First sign of adversity, you kick the traces on. Isn't that the truth? If you can't trust somebody with just a little bit, a little bit of measure, you can forget them. Don't give them a lot. You'll be, you will be the fool because you're supposed to be able to discern that. This is naked truth. Naked truth again. Anyway, well, that's just how it is, though. See, that's, that's the flesh. I know spirit's willing, but the flesh is weak. So since the flesh is weak and the spirit's willing, we got to yield to the flesh, let the flesh have its way, right? That ain't what the Bible teaches, though, is it? Huh? 
Isn't that something? So give no place to the isn't that give no place. So I can't give place to the flesh by saying, ah, today I don't feel like coming Sabbath service. I, I, Ah, today I ain't gonna love my brother and sister. Nah, I'm gonna show an attitude. I'm gonna <laughs> see how much fear of God we got. See, see, it is it is not sad though. I mean, think about it. Is it not sad? Hmm? See, we get the good, the bad, the ugly, indifferent, the great. We we get it all. You can't say we don't have a good balance though. Hmm? We're consistent. Because I tell you, only God's people be chasing anyway. Only God's people be chasing. Rebels don't be, they're not, they don't, uh -uh. you can chase them, they still ain't chasing. This is true. Let me read something over in 1 Peter 3 real quick. Likewise, you wise, be in subjection to your own husband, that if any obey not the word, that they may without the word be warned by, your converse, by the conversation of the wise. They ain't talking about running your mouth. That's talking about your lifestyle, your holy lifestyle, your fear of God. See, this, this, this husband and wife thing is supposed to be a team thing. There's an order set up, but it's supposed to be a team thing. Amen. Excuse me. Praise God. Watch this. While they behold your chaste conversation coupled with fear. The best thing to do, it want, I'm going to talk to the women for a minute. If you got a man and he's slipping, transgressing against God, don't say nothing to him about God because he's the one supposed to be talking to you about God. You just live. You, you live your belief in front of him. Hmm? Watch this one. Look at this one. You see, because it's chase conversation coupled with fear. Your fear of God. Who's adorning? Let it not be the outward adorning of plaiting of hair or wearing of gold or putting on apparel. Uh, I just got finished down there looking at this uh, star. They call them stars. Stars without makeup. They show them without makeup, and they show them with makeup. And I said, they need to go back without makeup, boy. Because some of them, boy, they think they really are doing something with the makeup on. Makeup. See, Hollywood is not going to happen. The world ain't going to happen unless they make up. You just can't so-called be yourself, huh? You're going to be yourself, huh? I was mocking this generation, hmm? especially with women. Boy, bless y'all hard. That spirit, boy, that, that spirit of Satan tries y'all so much. He just, man, boy, he gets y'all. I was listening to the broadcast. How I was talking about there's nothing, nothing real today with women. And then I start running down stuff: fake fingernails, fake toenails, fake, fake titties, implants everywhere. Tuck, snuck, snip, cut, lift, plastic surgery, dyes in the hair. I, I, I mean, it just paint, paint, cover. I mean, it just, it goes on and on and on and on and on. 
Don't stand too close to that stove. Just don't do it. And people today actually think they're looking at a real woman. Well, I mean, think about that for a minute. Ain't nothing real. I mean, just nothing. The latest cosmetic for this. It never ends. Isn't that so sad? Isn't that sad? Anyway, watch this. But let it be the hidden man of the heart, which is in which is not corruptible, even the look at this, ornament of a meek and quiet spirit. That's the hardest thing for women to do, isn't it? See, God is trying to tell you the way you're supposed to be. Now I understand. I see you have to understand, women, a lot of times you get enticed into saying a lot of things. I told you, I, I understand men. If the house is disturbed, it's because the man is messing up somewhere. He's the head of the house. Now, everybody has their own responsibility for everything. Huh? I mean, God is the head of the church, isn't he? Is he not going to have a church, yes or no? He's going to have a church just that he's going to have everybody, everybody who thinks the inner church is just not going to be there. But he's going to have him a glorious church. Yes, he is too. It's going to be, yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. That's one thing about old Bishop Mulberry. I kid you not. He, he told it. He, I mean, plumb lined it right down the line too. And he would say this. He said, I tell you what. You know, all you husbands and wives in here, you have all these little arguments about holiness churches. They did. You having all these little fussing and fightings and stuff and carrying on. I said, don't worry about it. Somebody want what you got. Now keep cutting the food. And sure enough, and I tell you, down there, they had a high divorce rate in that church too. They had a high divorce rate in that church. They did. And they would, I, I kid you not. There were some people that were a, a couple that came and and um out man, I, it's just a mess. They was, I mean, just acting so worldly, some of them. Keying cars and where you get that stuff from? Hmm? I mean, I give people all kind of options. I said, man, my God, it said if, if a woman, if she don't want me, I will, hey, you, what you want to do? See you later. I'll give you. I try to give you a few little rebuttals here, but I don't need all that. All, there's a whole world full of women. Whole world full of them. And as fine looking as I am, shoot. They be lined up at the door. Can't wait to lay hands on me, boy. So I'm not worried at all. I don't care how the bottom is falling out, how old I'm looking. How great. Somebody will, I promise you, be there. They'll come up and put on the most holiest nature you ever seen. They just don't know what they're getting ready to tie up with. Ain't that right, Sister Carol? Had to pick up my socks. But then at the same time, at the same time, a man lose a woman that's going to set up and put up with your nasty self. Tell me you ain't nasty, man. 
and you spend all this time getting a wife, having a fear of God and stuff, and then you turn around and mistreat her, somebody going to come and going to really want to love her the right way. And you're going to be sitting out um, on top of some hill somewhere looking like a hobo. That ain't the way God intended, but Satan fights like that, though. It is. And the reason why, because you, you can't find strong men today that's going to guide and leave the, leave the house like it should in holiness. Can't find a man do what he need to do and a woman do what she need to do. Children do what they need. It's something else. It's so sad. We're at the end of this thing and look at the decline that it's in. Huh? I mean, do I not preach the truth? You, this thing, you expect this thing to be filled up. We, we should have been an added on another 30 feet to that wall back here. Huh? But I always told you, it ain't going to be many. I've always said that. It's not going to be many. I mean, you look, let, let's go back two, let's go back three years, three years. Who's been here three years? Huh? Who's been here only three years or, or more? Yeah, three years or less. Three years or less. Look at that. Now, three years or less. Now, you, you, we can go and ask them and ask them, how many people have you seen come through these doors? And, and y'all stand, that's about the normal rate. We used to it. I kid you, we don't get excited. That is about the normal rate, is it not, though, brothers and sisters? That's about the normal rate. You get about 30, 40, 50 people come through and maybe four or five. Everybody out there, that's just the way it is. That's the way it is. Isn't it sad? And then you ask yourself, what did we do as a congregation, as a people, to any of those people? And if we did do something, we, we, don't, we don't even get the opportunity to even get it right. They won't even give us the opportunity if we did something to get it right. They won't give us the opportunity to get it right. Isn't that a mess? At least have an if you did something wrong, at least have an opportunity, right? So you can make it right. So so you don't go off holding grudges and isn't that the Bible way to do it? Because people don't know the word. Let me finish this, brother. Here you go. Look at this. But the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit, which in the sight of God. Is of great price. For after this man a holy, look at this, in old time, holy women also who trusted in God, look what they did. They adorned themselves by being in subjection to their own husbands. Even as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, whose daughters, boy, that would be a troubling thing, wouldn't it? I talk about it all the time. How are you going to call somebody Lord and your husband ain't even serving God? See, but this is talking about giving an example of somebody who was serving God, friend of God, whose daughters ye are, as long as you do well and you're not afraid without any amazement. Likewise, ye husbands dwell with them according to, look at this, knowledge. See, the man is the one that is responsible for the knowledge and the family having knowledge about God. Yeah, he is. He is the one responsible for making sure that that house gets to God. The man is. The man is responsible for that house getting to God. 
Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Look at this. Giving honor unto the wife. Giving honor unto the wife. Look at this. How you do that? As unto the weaker vessel. Meaning you recognize the weakness. So now guess what? Since there's a weakness there, you are charged to be strong and to be a watchman. Not sit up there. Some of us don't even know how to even reason. She's supposed to be a help me. And sometimes you ain't got the answers, man. Oh, mercy. Boy, y'all really quiet. I don't hear no, amen, 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 Pastor Doe. I don't hear none of that. Get quiet, don't it? Giving honor to them as weak of us. Look, as being heirs together of the grace of life. As heirs to what? Yeah. See, let me tell you something. Chances are if that house ain't doing right, are you following me? And man, you in charge of making sure this thing get run right. Not only are you ain't going to go in, wife ain't going to go in, children ain't going in. You're going to damn the whole household. But if the woman lives in fear of God. Ornament. Or ornament. Who conversation. Chase conversation. And she does that. Man go deep in. He don't want to go to hell. See I don't. I've never told the saints of the most high. That once you're saved. That, that you are eternally. Eternally bound for glory. No. That's a lie. The problem is. is that, and it's not even a problem. The truth is this. When you get saved, your chances of going to hell increase 100%. You know why? Because when you was out there, you was already under the tutelage of Satan. But now the attack comes in ways that you have never been familiar with. And he, and he has never stopped in his quest to making sure that somebody falls away. Falling away from the... I'm serious. So it, your chances of leaving God becomes greater. That's why we take no to word, no temptation. And look at this. Let's look at being heirs together of the grace of life that your prayers be not hindered. So as Carol and I have learned over the years, we got something going on, and we usually don't have too much going on. We really don't. But we've learned we got something going on with instead of just letting stuff, you know, that quiet stuff, letting stuff, just the spirits flying all around the air, air heavy and stuff, we go ahead and communicate. Cause, so we don't go to bed with that mess on us. Because after knowing all that we know, will we not be a fool? Will we not be two fools? And I promise you, man, women are so damn dumb, they can do that for months, years. That's how stupid they are. They'll do that forever. And I put, and I mean to be punctual. Because I want to make impact. Because I want to show you how dumb you really are when you behave like that. When you hear it so clear to not do be like that. And if you're really reading this word with any discernment at all. You should know not to be like that. No matter how much you're challenged. And then you stupid men. You should know better to even put your wife in a position to even be like that. You dumbass. 
See, it ain't the problem that we're not getting taught right and it ain't written in the word. It's that we ain't going to do it. That's what the problem is. That is what the problem is. When you get your heart right, it can be done. Yeah, it can be done. Yes, it can be done. It can. Because I promise you, God's word is not a lie. You the lie. He and his word is lying. He didn't write this in vain. There are going to be some people that, that's going to embrace this. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Going to love it, too. I hope you do. Amen. Come on, brother. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, Brother Doug and Brother Kerry, help me out, pass these out here. Something for the teacher. Okay, yes, sir. That side and Kerry. I'll give one to everybody. According to the teaching here. Yeah. Well, lately, this has kind of been a burden uh i think the lord has pretty much put on my heart concerning times we're in and the world we're living in and how much babylon is just uh all over everything we're just pretty much living in babylon and we're coming out of babylon and we're coming out of her and the lord has called us out of her which is a good thing praise god Amen. Been studying this from time to time and been looking at a lot of history lately and all I can do is just grieve. Just grieve at just what, you know. Here we are, as we've been learning, there's two kingdoms at war here. Kingdom of God and the kingdom of Satan. How, kingdom of, how the kingdom of Satan has raised up the kingdoms of this earth to come against and just war and war and war against the inhabitants of the earth just for the sole sake of just bringing them to hell with him. And his biggest beef has been through history really should be first and foremost uh, taught in history books is the, the fight against the devil and God's people that's been going on through the annals of time. So we're going into a heavenly city a holy jerusalem and this day and this hour the counterfeit has been babylon because you know lucifer said he wanted to be like the most high so that is a key for us in this day and this time so everything that god has created pure holy just the things that he has already set forth and done the devil has come and made something opposite of it Whereas God is light, he is dark. So we got the contrast going on here. We left off with Romans. It's amazing that in Romans that they would start out with that. That when they knew God, they glorified him not as God. See, we're living in ourselves, even though this capital city that we're living in the world is Babylon, we're still under Roman rule. 
And, and Paul writing to the Romans here, it's amazing. Because we left off last week who changed the truth of God into a lie. And he's writing this to the Romans, the, the, the believers that were at Rome at the time. Who changed the truth of God into a lie. And we're here now in this end time seeing how much they've changed the truth of God into a lie. We just look out from among us and see all these edifices, all these religious monarchies and all these religious buildings and all these religious sects and just everything just coming up here and there. All over. Just all over. Who changed the truth of God into a lie. And what did they do? And worshipped and served the creature more than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. It's amazing. Yeah, we're living an hour like in the latter days. Men are going to be lovers of their what? Own selves. Hmm. That's the gospel is being preached in the realm of man. And many of us, we've tasted that cup, ain't we? Oh, yeah. We've come out of her in that manner. Now, I had y'all to read Judges chapter 2. Let us go there. Judges chapter 2 real quick. And this is amazing because this all ties in because we are a blessed people. And we're at the end of this thing, as you hear again. You know, Pastor resounded it a while ago, and we are at the end of this thing. And, and they, without us, are not going to be made perfect. So they're looking at us to bring this, get this roll, rolled up, get this thing completed. Amen. Judges chapter 2, starting at verse 7. This is amazing. Let's start at verse 11 of Judges chapter 2. It says, And the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord and served who? Balaam. And they forsook the Lord God of their fathers which brought them out of the land of Egypt and followed other gods out of the gods that, and followed other gods of the gods of the people that are around about them and bowed down themselves unto them and provoked the Lord to anger. This is after who died? Joshua died. And you read all throughout Judges here that when the man of God, the judge at that time when he was ruling, Everybody was in perfect order because of the judge at that time. He was putting forth, this is the dictates, this is the commands. This is what you should do to stay in the stead of the Lord your God. But as soon as he died, what did Israel do? They revert back. And this is what happens after he died. And the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord and served Balaam. And they forsook the Lord God of their fathers, which brought them out of the land of Egypt and followed what? Other gods. Of the gods of the people where was around about them. But as, as Joshua was living, what did he tell them? He told them what God told him. He said, hey, when we go in and conquer these lands that were given to us, hey, they were given to us. But you, you utterly destroy. You don't take nothing. Don't learn nothing of the people. Don't take nothing of theirs. Just don't learn nothing about them. And while he was yet living there, yeah, yeah, yeah. But they were, were they men pleasers or were they God pleasers? Amen. And they first took the Lord God of their fathers, which brought them out of the land of Egypt, followed other gods, 
the gods of the people round about them and bowed themselves unto them and broke the Lord to anger. Why? Going to serve other gods besides him. And they forsook the Lord and served Baal and Ashtaroth. And the anger of the Lord was hot against Israel, and he delivered them into the hands of the spoilers that spoiled them, and he sowed them into the hands of their enemies round about. Why? So that they could no longer stand before their enemies. Hmm. That's amazing. Because <laughs> while they was living righteously, the Lord was their defense. Hmm. It's amazing. Let's go to Judges chapter 3. Starting at verse 7. And the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord and forgot the Lord their God and served Balaam and the groves. Therefore the anger of the Lord was hot against Israel and he sold them into the hand of the Cushan Rish Hathim king of Mesopotamia. And the children of Israel served Cushan Rishatim eight years. Amazing. And when the children of Israel cried unto the Lord, what did the Lord do? The Lord raised up a deliverer to the children of Israel who delivered. That's amazing. They forget the Lord. Lord delivers them to the hands of their captives. All of a sudden now they remember the Lord. Lord deliver us, deliver us. And the Lord was merciful. The Lord was gracious. So he sent somebody to deliver them out. Of the children of Israel who delivered him, even Othniel, the son of Kenaz, Caleb's young brother. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon him, and he judged Israel and went out to war. And the Lord delivered Cushan, Rishathaim, king of Mesopotamia, into his hand. And his hand prevailed against Cushan, Rishathaim. And the land had rest 40 years, and Othiel, the son of Kenaz, died. And when he died, guess what happened? They went back to serving other gods. Why do you think we're now in bondage now? little history lesson here. 612 B.C. Nineveh the Assyrian capital fell before the assault of the forces of Babylon and Media. 611 B.C. Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, moved against the Assyrian forces in Haran. As we got the map here, as we learned that when uh, Noah and the ark rested on the mountains of Ararat, that the people traveled east. And they went down into the plain of Shinar. And you can see on the map here, where Shinar is, Babylon Shinar. You also see that there's some rivers here. You got the Hadeco River, you got the Euphrates River, and you got the uh, Tigris River. You know, in Genesis, what does that remind you of? What four rivers parted out of one place? Eden. It's amazing this little area here. You can see it right here. You got you go down just a little bit right before Ur, right below Ur, and you'll see Eden with a little question mark, and that's pretty much, I believe, according to the record, that's where Eden was. I think it's present-day Iraq now and around that region now. That's where Eden was, and that's amazing that Babylon would come up out of that same area. 
hmm, how the Lord, I mean, how the devil, how Satan perverts, how Satan corrupts. 611 B.C. again, Nabopolassar, the king of Babylon, moved against the Syrian forces in Haran. 610 B.C. said, Babylon allied with Media attacked the Assyrians in Haran. And we can see where Haran is. It's right above kind of Babylon there. Assyria withdrew from Haran westward beyond the Euphrates River and left Haran, what? To the Babylonians. Right now we're starting to build up the Babylonian or the Babylonian conquest when Babylon all of a sudden started becoming a world power. Six oh nine BC, the Assyrians sought the help of Egypt. Now we see Assyria is above, and we see Egypt is kind of below Jerusalem there. But the Assyrians sought the help of Egypt, and Pharaoh Necho II led an army from Egypt to join Assyria. Said Josiah, the king of Judah hoping to incur favor with the Babylonians, sought to prevent the Egyptians from joining Assyria. Because they was wanting uh, the Egyptian and Assyria was going to join together and fight against Babylon. Because Babylon at that time was on a quest to just, uh, just take lands. They sought to prevent the Egyptians from joining Assyria and met the Egyptian army at Megiddo. Amazing place, huh? We know about Megiddo is in the end time. That Josiah's army was defeated and he was killed in this attempt. Let us go to 2 Kings 23. Second Kings 23. 2 Kings 23, starting at verse 28. Everybody has to say amen. It says, Now the rest of the acts of Josiah and all that he did... Are they not written in the book of the Chronicles of the kings of Judah? It says, In his days, Pharaoh Necho, there we are, king of Egypt, went up against the king of Assyria to the river of Euphrates. And King Josiah went against him. And he slew him at Megiddo, where he had seen him. It said, And his servants cried unto the chariot. And, and, the, and his servants carried him in a chariot from Megiddo and brought him to Jerusalem and buried him in his own sepulcher. And the people of the land took Joahaz, the son of Josiah, and anointed him and made him king in his father's stead. Now let's go to Second Chronicles 35. The same account is again. A little bit more explanation of the same thing. So we're building up the conquest of Babylon at this time. Second Chronicles 35. Verse 20. Second Chronicles 35, verse 20. This is after the Passover, when Josiah kept the Passover. 
And it says, And after all this, when Josiah had prepared the temple, Necho, king of Egypt, came up to fight against Carchemish by Euphrates. And Josiah went out, what? Against him. But he sent ambassadors to him saying, this is the Necho sending ambassadors to Josiah. What have I to do with thee, thou king of Judah? I come not against thee this day, but against the house wherewith I have to war. Because they was going against Babylon. For God commanded me. This is, God, this is Necho, the king of Egypt, saying God commanded him to do this. Me to make haste. Forbear thee from meddling with God, who is with me, that he destroy thee not. But nevertheless, what did Josiah do? Listen. Josiah would not turn his face from him, but disguised himself that he might fight with him and hearken not unto the words of Necho from the mouth of God and came to fight in the valley of Megiddo. And the archers shot at King Josiah. And the king said to his servants, Have me away, for I am sore wounded. He got wounded in that battle. His servants therefore took him out of that chariot and put him in the second chariot that he had, and they brought him to Jerusalem, and he died and was buried in one of the sepulchers unto, of his fathers, and all Judah and Jerusalem mourned for Josiah. This was in 609 B.C. Now in 605 B.C., Nebuchadnezzar led Babylon against Egypt because Nebuchadnezzar, he no more longer reigns. Now Nebuchadnezzar is coming into power. And at 605 B.C., Nebuchadnezzar led Babylon against Egypt in the battle of Carchemish. Egypt was defeated in this battle. And Carchemish was destroyed by the Babylonians in May slash June of that year. It says, while pursuing the defeated Egyptians, Nebuchadnezzar expanded his territorial conquests southward into Syria and toward Palestine. So he can see the Babylonian Empire just growing and growing and growing. August 605 B.C. Nebuchadnezzar can turn from Riblah to Babylon to receive the crown. Now this is when he is getting ready to receive his kingship. September 605 B.C. said, Then he returned to Palestine and attacked Jerusalem. First siege of Nebuchadnezzar. 597 B.C. Nebuchadnezzar returned to Judah a second time in response to Jehoiakim's rebellion. And this incursion, Jerusalem was brought in subjection to Babylon and 10,000 captives were taken to Babylon among who? was the prophet Ezekiel. See, the first siege, Daniel was taken. Second siege, Ezekiel was taken. And you can read Ezekiel, and he's talking many times about the same very thing. This, this same thing taking place at this time ties a lot of the Bible together. Because Israel, right, what was all this going on? Israel went and served other gods. It's amazing, every time they got away from God, God gave them over to eating their own children. And it's even so in our times. Even so in our times. Just like when pastor's away. How, how, how much of the Babylon rises up in us? That while he's here, are we serving him in our service and doing everything that he says in here? And then when he's gone, our integrity falls to the ground. 
I mean, our true integrity, saints, is not what we're displaying before men, but when the doors close. When the doors close. And then all of a sudden we let down our hair, take off the outer clothing, and then we become ourselves. I mean, that's true integrity. Just like Israel did. While there was a judge up, Ruling, telling everybody what to do. Do this, do this, and this. Yeah, we were right inside. And when he died, went back to doing that was right in their own eyes. That's sad. In 597 B.C., Nebuchadnezzar returned to Judah a second time in response to Jehoiakim's rebellion. That was King Jehoiakim. That was the next one reigning. And this encouraged Jerusalem was brought in subjection to Babylon, and 10,000 captives were taken to Babylon, among whom was the prophet Ezekiel. 588 B.C., Nebuchadnezzar returned to Judah the third time, and this was the third and final time. As we had in Bible studies time past, in two years, he utterly destroyed Jerusalem. Temple, the walls and everything, utterly laid it to waste. Because of one thing, we learned because of one thing, because they would not keep the land Sabbath. They would not keep that command of the Lord. It says, after a long siege against Jerusalem, the city walls were breached, the city destroyed, and the temple burned in the year 586 B.C. And then there was, later on, when Babylon was conquered by the Persians, they let them come back. It wasn't until 516, 515 B.C. that that Jeremiah's prophecy was fulfilled that the land had rest 70 years. Let us go to Daniel chapter 2. And as all this is taking place, what we're now into now, all, all of a sudden, here's Daniel in Babylon. Now he's receiving all this prophecy. We've got Nebuchadnezzar here having a dream having a very disturbing dream. And all of a sudden, he wakes up from this dream. And he starts calling to his, his own magicians, his own sorcerers, and his own wizards. You know, and he says, hey, yeah, you need to tell me the interpretation of this dream. And then, then they say, well, okay, they're waiting. Tell us the dream. And he said, I can't, I can't. It's gone from me. It's gone from me. Come on, come on, tell me the dream. If you're wizards and you, you are, if you are sorcerers and you are ma- magicians and all that, you can tell me the thing I dream because it's all of a sudden gone from my mind. So they couldn't tell him. And this angered Nebuchadnezzar. So he put out a decree to destroy all the wise men that were in Babylon, and Daniel was one of them wise men. Daniel chapter 2, starting at verse 27. Let me get there. Man, I got to get there myself. So you see here on this map, this is a very good map I found here because it, it covers a lot just in the little map here. And then on the left of it, we got a statue here that we're getting ready to talk about. Statue that even now that's even conducive to our time. Daniel chapter 2 Starting at verse 27. Daniel answered in the presence of the king and said, The secret which the king hath demanded 
Cannot the wise men, the astrologers, the magicians, the soothsayers show unto the king? They couldn't. They couldn't. But he said, but there is a God in heaven that revealeth secrets and maketh known to the king, Nebuchadnezzar, what shall be in what? The latter days. And we are in right now the latter days. Thy dream and the vision of thy head upon thy bed are these. It says, As for thee, O king, thy thoughts came into thy mind upon thy bed. What should come to pass hereafter? And he that revealeth secrets maketh known to thee what shall come to pass. Who, who the one that gave Nebuchadnezzar this dream? God. The Lord God Almighty gave Nebuchadnezzar this dream. And in all this, even the wisest men that were of that Babylonian city couldn't give him the interpretation of the dream. But one that served the Holy One of Israel could. Because him and the three other of his friends got together and sought for the answer of this matter. And God gave it to them. But as for me, this secret is not revealed to me. Why? What? For any wisdom that I have more than any living, but for their sakes that they make known the interpretation to the king that thou mightest know the thoughts of thine heart. Amazing. Thou, O king, sawest and behold a great image. This great image, whose brightness was excellent, stood before thee, and the form thereof was terrible. The Im this image's head was of fine gold, and we see right here on top, this head area on this image was of fine gold. And it says, in his breast and his arms of silver. So we see an image here that's made up of many things here. And he's starting to declare what this image looked like. And his belly and his thighs of brass. And it says, his legs of iron, his feet part of iron and part of clay. It says, thou sawest, he said, you saw the, this whole thing, this whole statue stand before you. Thou sawest till that a stone was cast out without hands, which smote the image upon his feet that were of iron and clay and broke them to pieces. It, the image was, the, the rock was saying, the rocks went to the foundation of the statue to break it down. Then, was the iron, the clay, and the brass, and the silver, and the gold broken to pieces together and became like the chaff of the summer threshing floors, and the winds carried them away, and no place was found for them. And the stone that smote the image became a great mountain, and it filled the whole earth. Then he says, This is the dream, and we will tell the interpretation thereof before the king. Thou, O king, art a king of kings, for the God of heaven hath given thee a kingdom, power, and strength, and glory. Who gave him this kingdom, power, strength, and glory? God. And wherever soever the children of men dwell, the beasts of the field and the fowls of the heaven hath he given into thine hand, and hath made thee a ruler over them all. And he says, Thou art this head of gold. You, Nebuchadnezzar, Babylon is this head of gold. So you see it now, he's starting to give the interpretation of the statue that this head of gold was Babylon. 
And after thee shall arise what? Another what? King Dom, inferior to thee. And another third kingdom of brass, which shall rule over all the earth. And the fourth kingdom shall be strong as iron. Forasmuch as iron breaketh in pieces and subdueth all things, and as iron that breaketh all these, shall it break in pieces and bruise. And it says, And wherein thou sawest the feet and the toes? Hmm, you got feet. And how many toes on both pairs of feet? Ten. Ten toes on the feet, right? Plays a lot. And what we're getting ready to get into. Amen. And wherein thou sawest the feet and the toes, the part of potter's clay and pot of iron, the kingdom shall be divided. Because anybody knows that, that clay and iron don't cling together. But it says it's going to what? This kingdom's going to be divided. This kingdom that's at the, the fourth kingdom, that's at the bottom, that's at the foundation of this statue, it's going to be a mixed thing. Part of potter's clay and part of iron. The kingdom shall be divided, but there shall be in it the strength of the iron, for as much as thou sawest the iron mixed with the miry clay. And the toes, and as the toes of the feet were part of iron and part of clay, so the kingdom shall be partly strong, and what? Partly broken. And whereas thou sawest iron mixed with miry clay, they shall mingle themselves with the seed of men. That's why there is no strength in this union. Amen. But they shall not cleave one to another, even as iron is not mixed with clay. And in the days of these kings shall the God of heaven set up a kingdom. And we're in that time now, saints. Which shall never be destroyed. And the kingdom shall not be left to other people. But it shall break in pieces and consume all these kingdoms and it shall stand forever. For as much as thou sawest that stone was cut out of the mountain without hands... And that it broke in pieces the iron, the brass, the clay, the silver, and the gold. The great God hath made known to the king what shall come to pass hereafter. And the dream is certain. And the interpretation thereof, sure. So we got a head of gold. Which was Babylon. Then we got the chest and the arms, which was the Persians and the Medes. Because we know Babylon rose up and then they were conquered by the Persians and the Medes. A little, little less than Babylon. Then we got Greece that comes in. That was the hip area, this area here that was of brass. And now we got the, the iron legs and the feet that were iron and clay. That is Rome. Rome that we're living in now. Four empires of world rulers and four empires have ruled this earth. Babylon, the Persians, the Medes, Greece, and Rome. And the head, what is the head? Any, anything that is the head is anything that has the authority and that it sends out the thoughts, it sends out the programs, it sends out dictates. Any head of anything is the ruling. Our head tells the rest of our body what to do. So the head was Babylon. 
Let's go to Daniel 7. Ooh, boy, praise the Lord. So we got an understanding now the kingdoms that this statue was made up. But we understand that there is a kingdom coming, the kingdom that we are in, that's going to strike down at this feet and destroy this whole empire. Because all these kingdoms still are a statue together till they all be broken in pieces. Daniel 7. And this is in the reign of King Belshazzar. Belshazzar, king of Babylon. In the first year of Belshazzar, king of Babylon, Daniel had a dream and visions of his head and upon his bed. Then he wrote the dream and told the sum of the matter. Daniel spoke and said, And saw in my vision by night, and behold, the four winds of the heaven strove upon the what? Great sea. And four great beasts came up from the sea, diverse from another. The first was like a lion and had eagle's wings. I beheld till the wings thereof were plucked and it was lifted up from the earth and made stand upon the feet as a man and the man's heart was given to it. So the first kingdom as we learned in the statue the head of gold was Babylon. Verse 5. And I beheld another beast a second like to what? A bear. And it raised up itself on one side, and it had three ribs in the mouth of it between the teeth of it. And they said thus unto it, Arise, devour much flesh. What was the second kingdom of the statue? The Persians and the Medes. They come in and destroyed Babylon. Verse 6, After this I beheld, and lo, another like a leopard, which had upon the back of it four wings of a fowl and the beast also had four heads and dominions was given to it we learn what the third kingdom of the statue was was Greece and verse 7 after this I saw in the night visions and behold what a fourth beast dreadful and terrible and strong exceedingly. And what did it have? And it had great iron teeth. What were the legs made out of? What were the teeth? I mean, what were the feet mixed with? Clay and iron. Why? Because they mingled themselves with the children of men. Because it was not a strong kingdom, but it was a divided kingdom. And even now as we live in this world, we see a divided kingdom of Rome. And it had great iron teeth. It devoured and broke in pieces and stamped the residue with the feet of it. And it was diverse from all the beasts that were before it. And it had what? Ten horns. And horns any time, as we're going to learn, kind of running out of time here, are the kings. Are kings. And I considered the horns. And behold, it says, there came up among them another little horn, before whom there were three of the first horns plucked up by the roots. And behold, in this horn were eyes like the eyes of a man, and a mouth speaking great things. 
It says, and I beheld till the thrones were cast down and the ancients of days did sit whose garment was white as snow and the hair of his head was like pure wool. His throne was like the fiery flame and his wheels as burning fire. And it says, and a fire stream issued and came forth from before him. Thousand, thousand ministered unto him. Ten thousand times ten thousand stood before him. The judgment was set and the books were opened. And I beheld then, because of the voice of the great words which the horn spake, I beheld even till the beast was slain and his body destroyed and given to the burning flame. And as concerning the rest of the beast, they had their dominions taken away, yet their lives were prolonged for a season and a time. And I saw in the night visions, and behold, one like the Son of Man came with the clouds of heaven and came to the Ancient of Days, and they brought him near before him. And there was given him dominion and glory and kingdom, and all people, nations, and languages to serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion, which shall not pass away, and his kingdom which, that which shall not be destroyed. And it says, I, Daniel, was grieved in my spirit and the midst of my body, and the visions of my head troubled me. And I came near unto one of them that stood by and asked the truth of all of this. So he told me and made me know the interpretation of the things. He said, these great beasts, which are four, are four kings, which shall arise where? Out of the earth. But it says, but the saints of the Most High shall take the kingdom and possess the kingdom forever and ever. Then I would know the truth of the force beasts which was diverse from all the others, exceeding dreadful, whose teeth were of iron and his nails of brass, which devoured broken pieces and stamped the residue with his feet. And of the ten horns that were upon his head and of the other which came up and fell and before whom three fell, even of that horn that had eyes and a mouth that spake very great things, whose look was more stout than his fellows. We'll stop right here. I need to continue this on if possible because... Got a little bit more to go on here in Daniel. Then we got revelation that is going to com completely open this up. Because one thing about revelation and Daniel, they, they harmonize. Because what we read here about the statue, then, then it goes on in the four beasts. The same thing is resounded and, and, and told again in revelation. And it's an amazing thing. Praise the Lord. Pastor. All right, hallelujah. Well, be encouraged, because one thing's sure, ain't no man going to be able to do it for you. It's going to be between you and God, that's for sure. I've heard all this, I'm, I mean, taught all this and know this stuff. It's always good to hear. I mean, because to me, to me, it makes perfect sense. I no trouble with it at all. Tell me exactly what's going on. You know, you know how many people read that don't know what's going on? Just don't understand it. Brother Shane's probably going back over it for some of you that never heard it. I may have to come back and do some cleanup behind him. Cleanup means um, help clean it up a little bit. Bring a little more understanding to it. He's doing pretty good. Makes sense. 
Brother Saint gets to rolling on because it makes sense to him, but he still has to learn that he need to make sense to you. Because <laughs> if you get up here and minister to yourself, you ain't minister to nobody else, everybody else. He getting there. He getting there. Takes a lot of study. Which some people are not willing to do. Takes a lot of oil. It really does. It really truly does. You know, the Bible also talks about four carpenters. Nah, never mind. Never mind. Praise the Lord. Father, we thank you for your words of truth. We pray that these sayings sink deep down in our hearts. May the power of the Holy Spirit rest, rule, and abide with us. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. You know, we, um, the one thing I need to really touch on is, 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 is uh, you know, throughout the scripture it talks about how that God's people cried out. They cried out, I mean, they got together in the assembly, and whatever the cause that they were crying out, they cried out to the Lord. And they didn't do like, you know, as Americans do. Lord, no, they cried out. Lord, we need you to deliver us, Lord. There's a great, great adversary against us, Father. Deliver us from the hands of the enemy. They've come against the apple of your eye, Father. Protect us, Lord. We've transgressed against you. That's how they cried out. Help us. That's so much out of character for us Americans, isn't it? We better get it in character. Now that gives me hope to see that these people, they could transgress against God over and over and over and over and over. Because I, I ain't planning on doing it. Mm. Then finally, somebody will come to the knowledge of the truth and say, you know what? You know what we all need to do? We all need to get to the temple. We need to get on our knees. And we need to pray that God have mercy on our wicked self because our fathers done led us down this toboggan slide to hell and ain't nobody repented. They, they will go and rehearse the history. Has God ever forsaken anybody that loved him? We forsaken him. Turn around and serve the other gods. We need to repent. We need to cry out. May God have mercy on us. And he's merciful. Blessed be to his holy name. I know, I know when I crowd, he's merciful to me. Thank God for it. I need it. I need all the mercy I can get to. Man, do I need the mercy. I need the tender mercies of Jesus every single day. I really do. Praise God. I thank God for it. Y'all be encouraged. King coming. Have a good night.